born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So you and I have a choice as a child of God. You can walk after the flesh. That means to pursue the things of the flesh. Or you can pursue the thing of God. And I mentioned last week also, very briefly, that when you have the words after, it means that as a Christian, because I have an old sinful nature, I can walk after the flesh. But my position in Christ is in Christ. That is my position in Christ, in the Spirit. Doesn't mean I'm spiritually minded. It just means that's my position because you were born of the Spirit of God. So now, that which is born of the flesh, flesh, that which is born of the Spirit, spirit. So I have a spiritual birth, a spirit birth. So I was born into God's family. Now, I can walk after the flesh. And if I do, then I'm going to waste my life. It's like living like a dead man. We have been raised from the dead that we might walk in life, newness of life. And so the lost man only has this birth. He only has the flesh. And those that are in the flesh, these cannot please God. And the Christian that walks after the flesh cannot please God. So he says here in verse 5, For they that are, there's that word, after the flesh. So this is why I believe this is talking to the believer who has the flesh and he has the spirit. So he has a choice. Mentioned up there in verse 4. He says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So you have a choice here. And remember over in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, where it makes a statement about, you know, eyes have not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is within him? So if a man could have the Spirit of God dwell within him, then he can know the things of God. And the spiritual things are understood by spiritual means. Comparing spiritual things by spiritual means. But the natural man, the lost man, cannot discern the things of God. But you and I can understand because we have the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit living within you is to teach you his mind. To teach you how he thinks. And if you will learn to think the way God wants you to think, then you can learn how to live the way God wants you to live. So that's why we study the Word of God. So now look what he says here. In verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death. 
But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, God is going to reward you for what you have done, and God can live through you. But when you walk after the flesh, then God is not able to use you for his honor and glory the way he wants to, and he will let you be a vessel of wrath, and God's going to have to chasten you. Because, you see, it's still wrong to do wrong. And that doesn't mean just because you're saved you can do whatever you want without consequences. No, there's still consequences. Uh, the consequence of going to hell will never be an issue. I can't go to hell. But that doesn't mean that I can live like I please and get away with it. Can I live like I please? Yes. Can I get away with it? No. Because your heavenly father is going to beat the tar out of you. Maybe take you home before your time. And you don't want that to happen. So look what he says here in uh, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now that's also mentioned in chapter 5. Just look at it real quick. You see there in verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled. When we were enemies, the enmity, the, the disagreements, the rebellion that you have is still in your flesh. That's why a Christian can still be against God. But that's the first birth. It just shows you which one you're walking in. Are you walking after the, the, the old man or the new man? You have a choice. Go back here to Romans chapter 8. And notice what it says now in verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Can't please Him. In verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, all these scriptures is telling us as a Christian that we can live an ungodly life. But it's not the will of God. Because why would it say all of this if it was always automatic? In other words, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all these bad things. Well, then why would it tell me not to do those bad things if I'm not going to want to do those bad things? If I'm automatically going to live for the Lord, well, it doesn't have to tell me that. It would be automatic. I'd do it anyway. But see, the Bible doesn't teach that kind of a philosophy. The Bible teaches that you as a Christian are responsible for your decisions. And there's consequences to your decisions. And then he'll use the nation of Israel in chapter 9, 10, and 11 to show you what God did to a rebellious nation. And we're supposed to learn from that. So it takes Israel from the very beginning all the way up through and shows you this is what I promised, this is what they did, and this is what I did, and this is how it's going to end up. So God is going to deal with us. This is why if you took chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, that deals with the nation of Israel, and took them right out of the scriptures there, you would go from chapter 8 to what chapter? Chapter 12. And as you finish up with chapter 8, no, no separation. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And then he says in verse 1 of chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You see, a Christian is saved by grace. That gets you to heaven. You and I are to serve the Lord because it's only a reasonable thing. I should live for the one who died for me. But if I don't live for the one who died for me, does that annul what he did? No. 
because I was saved by grace, not because I deserved it, not because I promised that I would change or do anything other. I was saved because I simply accepted the payment Christ made for me because that shows how much he loves me. It has nothing to do with me loving him. Now, I do, and that's why I want to serve him, but not to get to heaven. So here, he makes a statement. And if you look there in verse 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, the old sinful nature. Because God didn't save your body. He didn't change your body. Your body looked the same. That's why I said before, if you uh, looked in the mirror before you got saved and you were ugly, and then you trust the Lord, and then you looked in the mirror again, you're still ugly. <laughs> Some of y'all tried that, huh? <laughs> you're still ugly. Because the body's still the same. That's why you look the same. That's why a Christian, you know, may not have any changes in his life. He's trusted the Lord, but some Christians just don't serve the Lord. They don't, never do it. They just take the free gift of eternal life and run. Said, I'll see you when I get to heaven. And they don't know there's a whole new life. I'm so glad that God didn't just take me home the day I trusted Christ as my Savior. I have enjoyed the last 50 plus years. <laughs> I really have. I've enjoyed serving the Lord. I'm glad he left me here. You say, has there been any heartaches and trials and tribulations? Oh, couple. A few little speed bumps along the way. But God has walked me through all of it, and I'm still alive today. Now, I may die this afternoon, but it's okay. I'm alive today. And I wanted to live for the Lord. I wanted to have a tree of righteousness. I wanted to have a soul winner's tree. I want to have fruit on my tree of people that I've led to the Lord here and there. And it doesn't matter, you know, where and when, as long as there's some fruit on the tree. In other words, when you get to heaven, don't you want there to be people in heaven that heard the gospel through your lips? It's great when we all work together and we help and so forth, but it's still good that you can be used of God to talk to somebody. And they trusted Christ as Savior. And you have no the satisfaction that gives to you knowing that God used me to help somebody else to see and to understand, to trust the Lord as their Savior. But anyway, in verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that this is going to take place only when you die. I believe it's, uh, it's something you're not supposed to understand as we live. That God has, in his eyes, not only allowed you to be crucified with Christ and buried with Christ and risen with Christ, you're supposed to live like your body has also been quickened and made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you live now because your body doesn't have a sinful nature. Now, you and I know we do have one, but we're supposed to live like we don't. That is the only way to keep from having to fulfill the lust of the flesh is to lose yourself doing what God does say to you. See, a lot of Christians' lives are totally negative. Well, I don't do this, and 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 I don't. I don't. But do you do what God says to do? See, and you may not commit all those bad sins, but are you doing what God says to do? You see, I don't worry about this. I never worry about what I, you know, I'm not supposed to do this and this and this and this. All I concentrate is on what I'm supposed to do. 
Because if I do what I'm supposed to do, I haven't got time to do the other. It's a non-issue. I don't have to think about it. Because then you just do whatever is right and you're supposed to do, and you enjoy that, and you don't have to worry about it. See, some people get up this morning, I'm not going to commit adultery today. I'm going I'm to obey the Ten Commandments today, and I, I'm not told to lie today. I'm going to try my best not to tell a lie today. That's, that's negative Christianity. I don't, I don't like that at all. I'd rather lose myself doing what God says to do. Because, see, you may not do a lot of these bad things, but that doesn't mean you're still doing what God says to do. Are you still telling people how to have eternal life? Are you spending time in God's Word? Still praying? Is it real? Or are you a hypocrite? You know, that's between you and God. But I'm just saying, you can become, well, like a Christian who tries to do what they do, but in the energy of the flesh. That wears you out. That's where you get bored quick, and it's just nothing but a lot of work, and you'll hate it, it becomes a drudgery. And you'll despise coming to church. You'll despise reading the Bible. You just, you just don't want to do it. But when you love the Lord, man, I love doing everything that I do. And it's a total different. And you can't make somebody like that. You can't make somebody do that. Because you have to be spiritually minded. It means you mind the Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit living within you to help you. To help you to remember. Bring to your remembrance the things that you studied and so forth. And he says, if you'll do that, then he wants us to mortify the deeds of the body. Now, you know what a mortician is? When they take a person's body and interject it with all kind of junk. In other words, to make sure it's good and dead. It ain't coming back to life. That's why I've always wondered, you know, whether or not I really want him to do that to me. <laughs> you know, I, I may be just really sleeping good. <laughs> See, I already have, I have a low heart rate as it is. And because he, they did it to my sister one time. My sister was actually on the slab in the morgue. And she was laying there. And they was just fixing to do like an, I'll talk to her, inject it, and they saw her finger twitching. And they said, uh, her finger's twitching. They said, it's just a muscle spasm. And they examined a little bit closer. My sister was still alive. Her name is Sybil. She's my youngest sister. She's still alive. She came that close to being, mm. I said, wait a minute. That's why I even have a little bit of a fear about being cremated. Wouldn't that be a shame? Yeah, I'm not out of here. I just can't move this body. You're going to do what to me? <laughs> it's just like surgery. If it's on me, it's major. If it's on you, it's minor. <laughs> Everything to me is major. So anyway, the Word of God tells us to look down in verse 13. For if, if, if it's a big word, if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. And God can take you home before your time. You're not going to be laying up any treasure in heaven. You're going to be placed on a shelf and God's not going to use you. And God may just whip you from pillar to post and treat you like a lost man. You see, the lost men are dead men. And when you don't live for the Lord, you're living like a dead man. In other words, your life is totally useless. So that's why you don't have the peace and the joy. He said, but if you do serve me. There is life and there's peace. But look what he says here in uh, verse 13. 
For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So part of our Christian life is denying the lust of the flesh to be fulfilled through this body I have. Now, see, you still may have the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, but you don't fulfill those desires. Now, so that you see this, he hasn't left the subject of chapter 6. He's explaining it. See, chapter 6 tells us what to do, and chapter 7 tells us why, and then chapter 8 tells us how to do it. But look there again in Romans in chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. In verse 10, it says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Talking about the Lord. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, it says the same thing over there in chapter, chapter 8. In verse 12, let not sin, the old sinful nature, therefore reign in your mortal body. See, your body is a mortal body. It means it's subject to die. So we're talking about your life that you're going to live now. Just because you have the desire to do certain things doesn't make it right. That's the way you thought and acted as a lost man. God doesn't want you. That's, see, this is where the change comes, where you begin to see I'm going to live for spiritual things. I want to think spiritually. I want to start laying up treasure in heaven. Otherwise, what difference is there in your life now that you know Christ is your Savior? Has there been a difference? Are you just the same old individual doing the same old thing? Nothing's changed. My whole life has changed. My purpose, goal in life, everything changed. And it didn't happen overnight. I trusted Christ as my Savior, and it was a while before I actually fell in love with the Lord. If you want to use that word, fell in love with the Lord. You grow in your love toward the things of God. But as I begin to grow, toward, I begin to you know, see the reason for things, an understanding thing, trying to make wiser decisions. It affected my whole life. And this is what God's talking about. But uh, see, there, your body is an instrument. Look in verse 13. Neither yield... Ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto the old sinful nature, but yield yourselves unto God. So this is what God wants us to do. Not to be saved, but because we are saved. God does want us to yield our life. Now, I want to just bring up three things, and then we're going to have a, um, our thing here, but it has to deal with this. It talks about the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And then down in verse 34 of chapter 8, it talks about the God who intercedes for us. So that's only during this period of time upon the earth while we're living in this body that's subject to death. So we have the Holy Spirit and we have here uh, that it is Christ that died and so forth at, who intercedes for us and it was him that died for us. So if I have them interceding for me, it's because I still need help. I need help. You need help to do what God wants you to do. What wears you out in the Christian life is when you try to do God's work without Him. You know what to do, but you don't depend on Him. 
that ain't going to last very long. Your strength is going to go. I'm talking about Christians that want to do it and finish their race. You know, you're in it for the long haul. I want to serve the Lord all the days of my life. And just ending it with this verse right here. See there in verse 32? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. For us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And down in verse 34, it is Christ that died. He died for us. Now let me show you something. Most of you have never seen this before. But watch now very closely. At no time will this hand ever leave my wrist. I want you to watch. Verify that this is true. This is you and me. And letter the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And the Bible says we have all sinned. You say, well, what is sin? Well, whatever it is, you did it. Because God says all of us have. But whatever it is, it's rebellion to God. It's disobedient. It's transgressing the law. It's not fulfilling the law. It's not being perfect. So God has his perfect law. You want to live with him? Just be perfect. Nobody's perfect. So the law condemns everybody because all have sinned. And the wages of sin is, is death. So we all have to die. That's why everybody born, everybody dies. You see, Christ didn't have to die because, you see, he didn't have a sinful nature. He never did anything wrong. But we've all sinned, so we're all condemned. And to be eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. So you don't need a Savior to keep you from going to a place if it don't exist. So God says he loves us. Wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect. No sin. And nobody's perfect. Nobody qualifies. So God says, by your works, you cannot improve your situation. You're already condemned. So doing good deeds will not take away your bad deeds. This requires death. If there's only one sin over here, all your good works of all of your life can't take away that one sin. You still got to die. Still got to pay for it. You're still going to go to hell. But God loves us. And he says you cannot pay for your sins by good works. You need a savior. We can't save ourselves. And the law puts us in this condition so that we can see that no man is righteous. The law points you to Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world. He has no sin. Doesn't have to die. But he loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And he says, the only thing you and I have to do, believe that he did it for us. Why did he do this? Because he didn't want you to do this. He did it for you. He paid for your sin because he didn't want you to pay for your sins. And the Bible says that Christ died for our sins Before we were ever born. He did it 2,000 years ago. So if he paid for our sin 2,000 years ago. How many of our sins did he pay for? All of them. Before we were ever born. So that means past, present, future. He's already paid for every sin that I'll ever commit in my whole life. And he did the same thing for you. For the whole world. And the only thing he wanted us to do when he came back from the dead. Is this. Will you believe I did that for you? So when you believe he did it for you. You're not going to try to earn your way to heaven. Why? Because you know you're already going. 
See, people are trying to earn their way to heaven by their good life. It means they're not trusting in what he did. They're going to trust in what they do. I know I'm going to heaven because of what he said and because of what he did. What he did was he paid for all my sins. And what he said was if I'd believe it, I'd have eternal life. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me as a free gift everlasting life. If it's everlasting life, how long would it last? If it lasts forever and all my sins are paid, where am I going when I die? Can I know I'm going to heaven before I die? Of course. I know I'm going to heaven. You know, most people, they don't know that. They think it's because of how they live. How you live cannot determine your destination. And it's a shame that people can't see it. But it says many are on the road, the broad road that leads to destruction. And the narrow, few people see this. Because they're still trying to earn their way by how they live. And thinking, well, I know she's not saved because, you know, if she was saved, she wouldn't do that. No, you don't get it. A person can trust Christ as Savior and not obey the Lord. Now look up here. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, if you do it today, you become a child of God. And as a child of God, you've got a choice. You can be an obedient child or a disobedient child, but you're still his child. I've got three children, the hard way, one wife. When those kids are born into my family, when they're good, they're mine, and when they're bad, they're Betty's. <laughs> no, they're still ours. But they can be obedient or disobedient. God said, if I'm obedient, he'll bless my life here, and he'll reward me when I get to heaven. But if I'm disobedient, he's going to have to chasten me, maybe discipline me, uh, take me home for my time. But I'm still his child. So in my Christian life, I decided I would rather have God bless my life than to whoop me. So I want to be an obedient child of God. But see, I'm not doing this to be a child of God. I'm not doing this to get to heaven. I'm doing it because I'm going to heaven. I am his child. And I would rather have his blessings than his whoopings. Doesn't that make sense? But I'm not trying to do it to get to heaven. See, if you're doing it to try to get to heaven, you ain't going. You're not saved until you trust Christ and him alone as your only hope of going to heaven. You're saved by faith, not by your works. One work annuls grace. One word. You depend upon one word to get you to heaven. It annuls grace. Because grace is the absence of work. It, look, if I offered you this year book and you accept it, what would you have? If I offered you this microphone and you accept it, what would you have? Microphone. If I offered you my wallet and you accept it, what would you have? Empty wallet. We're going to take up another collection in a minute. If Christ walked across here and he offered you eternal life and you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. And if it's eternal life and it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where are you going? Heaven. Going to heaven. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you are here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you put your trust in him? I hope because of the things that we've said, what we've shared, you understand you cannot save yourself. The preacher can't save you. The church can't save you. All of your good works will not help. Would you put your trust in Christ? He died for you because he loved you. He paid for all of your sins so that you wouldn't have to. And all he wanted you to do is, would you believe he did it for you? And by you believing that, he gives that payment that he made, he gives it to you. You have a payment for your sins. You go to heaven whenever you die. There's no tricks to it, no gimmicks. I'm not going to pin you against the wall, but I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to try to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, you say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior right now.
And if you're making that decision, I'd like to know and I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you if you'll just slip it up very quickly, put it right back down. Say, preacher, that made sense. I will trust Christ as my Savior. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? Just slip it up, put it right back down. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you have something to share with somebody else. You've got some good news. Best news in all the world. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for those that are watching by internet. And pray that many will understand and put their trust in you. We thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.